That's the primary thing. And, and what condemnation is, is it's unbelief in the success of the cross. Okay? Do y'all think the cross is a success? Amen. So, so what that means is, is that there is no condemnation for you, and condemnation is an illusion. Okay? That means that God is never against you. Uh, God is for you, and you're forgiven. Amen. Past, present, and future. You're living in, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're living in an, an eternal state of forgiveness. Okay? So don't allow your mistakes or your shortcomings to allow condemnation to come in and shroud your life. Okay? You're forgiven. How I many you know Jesus did a good job? Amen. We say it all the time because it's just so important to, to remember and to understand because the thing that tries to disconnect you from love is condemnation. And it's just not true. It's just a lie. Amen. There's no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus. So that means there's, there's no punishment for you from God. Uh, there's no anger for you from God. And there's also no curse for you from God. Amen. You're blessed. Amen. You're absolutely, totally blessed. And that's not going to change. Amen. And so that understanding, that reality is what helps you to stay connected to love. Amen. Because the love's always present, but you breathe it in uh, through really just believing. And believing that the cross was a success. We say it all the time because the enemy is always trying to get you to doubt it. The primary attack of the enemy is, is accusation and condemnation. And so uh, don't allow the enemy or anyone else to condemn you. Amen? Awesome. So can I get a little more volume on the headset, please? Amen. So amen. Praise God. It's good. So greetings to everybody here. Greetings to everybody watching online. Amen. Let's, uh, let's turn to Psalms 37. And, uh, man, God's really been just really just speaking this to my heart here lately and uh, just making it real big. And I, um, I think we have some real opportunity in this season that we're in. Um, opportunity for the body of Christ and then also opportunity for us as individuals. And... Um, <clears throat> It's, 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 I think it's very important to take a look at uh, what, what you're expecting right now uh, because there, there's so much uh, you know, turmoil and fear and all this stuff going on in the world and trying to create an expectancy of evil, an expectancy of failure. And uh, I'm here to tell you right now that scripturally and biblically, God's people flourish in times of trouble. Like this is promotion time for God's people. In every way, I'm talking about in your health, in your relationships, in your finances, um, in your influence, um, there is, we are poised uh, for tremendous promotion and flourishing. It's just how it works. Um, historically and biblically, when all hell is breaking loose on the earth, God's people are protected and safe and blessed and increase and prosper. It's just how things happen because um, when things are being shaken, it allows things to be moved around. You know, we're, we're in a time of, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and things are moving around and things are fluctuating. But, I mean, you know, there's something very solid. And it's the rock. It's Jesus Christ. Amen? And um, there, there, there's, there, there's a solidness that we have. I mean, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. But we're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? And so righteousness, peace, and joy on the inside of you is not dependent upon the circumstances around you. Amen. Righteousness and peace and joy inside of you is not dependent upon what's around you, not dependent upon the news, not dependent upon the government, not dependent upon anything. 
And so I want to encourage you to set yourself to flourish in this season. Um, how many know that the eagle does not fly through the storm, the eagle flies over the storm? And I know that's an, that's an analogy that's been used a million times, but it's true, and so that's why we use it. When a storm comes, the eagle sees opportunity. He's thinking, I'm about to soar. He sets his wings. He sets his already present design. How I many know you are God's workmanship? Amen. He sets his wings, and then, boom, he soars above the storm. And he is not ripped apart by the wind and the lightning and the thunder. He soars above it. And so, as children of God, uh, this is your season, okay? This is your time, and uh, it's time to soar. Now, soaring is not done through flapping your wings and self-effort. Can I get an amen? There's a difference between the way the eagle soars and the chicken flaps his wings. Amen? I think it's a great analogy because the, the chicken is, to me, is, is self-effort and fear. Okay? Just flapping, 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 trying, 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 striving, striving, striving. How I many there's a difference between striving and trust? Trust will cause you to float through and float above. Uh, striving will cause you to fearfully try to save yourself. You've got to get all striving out of your life. Listen, you're not called to save you. You're not called to save you. You're not called to save your kids. You're not, called to save, you're not called to save anything. You're called to be saved. Amen. The lamb does not fight the shepherd's battles. Amen. The shepherd fights the battles of the lamb. Amen. The shepherd is the protector. The shepherd is the keeper. And so uh, in this season, your part is not to be fearful and strive. Your part's to trust. Okay. Stay plugged into the Lord. Stay plugged into his presence and trust. Um, you know, one of the things we're, we're teaching, and I, you know, I just love simple illustrations, but Eli's learned how to float. And so he got his little sharky on. We found the public pools finally opened up. Praise God. It's called a floaty. It's not called a sharky. Amen. Thank you. Anyway, it's this little thing. It's his armor, man, because like he's got this on. He's like, let's go. He's like, he's ready, you know. And so he, he's got it on. And he can swim and he can do all this stuff now. And he's learning that he can lay back and float. Now, I'm, you know, laying back and floating is a relinquishing of control. And, and how many of that's a process. That's not automatic. And so he's laying back a little bit, ah! Laying back a little bit, ah! But then finally getting to the place where, laying back. Now, I, I, he's in a state of trust, and he is above the water with no effort. He's above the water based simply upon trust and rest. And it's a great position. When he's in that place, I can very lightly lead him. I can take one little tag of that thing and lead him through the water. Because he's in a state of absolute rest. Now, if he's frantic and he's afraid and he's trying to save himself and he's trying to stay above the water, I mean, it's difficult for me to lead him. Because he's trying to lead himself. But this place of of rest and trust that God has for you in this season. Look, don't get caught up in the striving of the world. Just don't do it. Refuse it. Make a decision not to. And also, don't get caught up in fear-based Christianity. I mean, there's so many, you know, there's so many prophetic words going around right now trying to freak everybody out. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you're hearing a prophetic word and it brings fear into your life, I question the frequency. I don't question the gift. I mean, people have gifts and they can hear into the Spirit. 
but not, not what they're hearing might not be what the Lord is saying. You know what I'm saying? Might be what somebody else is saying. And, and, and the evidence of prophetic is it brings hope and it brings encouragement. So if someone is prophylying and they're bringing fear and they're, and they're bringing people into a state of being wigged out, that is not the kingdom, folks. Now listen, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and present some Pollyanna presentation of the world. Things are bad in the world right now. Gross darkness is covering the people. But the purpose of the darkness is to reveal the light. Light shines in darkness. Light doesn't shine in light. The greatest days of the church of Jesus Christ in our lifetimes is upon us. And um, it's time to shine. And, and your shining will not be through your own strength. Your shining will be through your rest. Okay? Through your, through your, through your rest. And so, um, don't get caught up in the fear-mongering of the world's news system. And also, don't get caught up in the fear-mongering of the church. You know? And, and here's the thing, man. Just, just because someone has a title and has gifts and has a platform does not mean everything they're saying is from God. Let me take it a step further. Every person that has ever graced a pulpit in the history of mankind, no one has preached 100% truth. And let me take it a step further. They never will. Because the purpose of the pulpit is to not exalt the individual. Okay, this is an earthen vessel. Amen. I've been given a gift that I did not earn, I did not deserve, I didn't even want I'm still shocked that I'm saved and I'm here. You know what I'm saying? All these years later, like I'm the last person. I was an atheist, drug addict, crazy person. And God saved me and gave me a gift to serve people with. And so this earthen vessel, um, it's, there's a reason it's earthen, so that the glory would be God's. Can I get an amen? So that's why you've got to bring your own relationship with God to the table when you hear a ministry. Amen. Listen, I don't, I don't say that to... to to dishonor the pulpit or dishonor the honest or the minister. I mean, you, know, you can only receive from someone to the degree that you honor them. Yes. You really can't receive outside of honor. So it's important. Don't fall into the line of being offended and critical of the church to the point that you destroy the church. There are people who are so offended yes. and so upset that they've become the enemy of the church. Right. And these are Christians. Because they've been so hurt and so offended that they live in a state of dishonor attacking everything. And I'm telling you right now, that's not healthy. So, so stay in a position of honor. Honor the gifting. Honor, honor God. Honor each other. But bring your relationship with God to the table. And if you hear something that robs you of peace and brings in a sense of fear and impending doom and sets your expectation on destruction, that's not New Testament prophecy. That's old covenant stuff. Old covenant was doom and gloom. It was void of, Je- it was void of the cross. You know, when judgment came, judgment, judgment landed on people. I mean, it did. Old covenant was a, was a rough place to live, man. I'm glad I, did. I, I'm glad I wasn't born in the old covenant. My book would have been short. Jeremiah was born, Jeremiah was smoked. <laughs> God knew. I couldn't stand long under the law, man. They would, it, you know, praise God, man. There weren't enough bullocks and goats to, to handle my stupidity. You know, we'd have killed every animal on earth, man. <laughs> praise God, just being honest. I need Jesus, amen. So, um, if you hear that, don't, don't buy into that, man. Don't open up your heart to things that produce fear in your life. 
Now, I'm not, certainly, there, how many know there's still such thing as prophetic warning? How many know Agabus did that in the New Covenant? He warned that there were some things that were going to happen. But the, the, at the end of the day, it should not leave you in a state of despair and fear. And more importantly, listen to me, trusting in yourself. You don't have to be fearful of the punishment of God. Anything that encourages you to be fearful of the punishment of God is dishonoring the work of the cross. Once again, and I say it all the time, and it's, did Jesus do a good job? That means there's no punishment for you. Because he paid the price. Can I get an amen? Now, those that make a decision to reject Jesus, they'll have to, they'll have to, stand, um, they'll, they'll, they'll have to stand to the law. Because they've rejected the Christ, and so they'll be judged by the law. But everyone's invited. And I believe God will give everyone every single possible chance to choose him. I don't believe anyone will be ignorantly, the debt of their own sin will be laid to their feet. I don't believe that. I believe God's going to give everybody a chance. The only people I think that will refuse it are people that are so prideful that they're saying, I don't want what he has, I want what I have. That's what I think. So, but I'm here to tell you right now, don't, don't, don't get caught up in the fear mongering. Okay? Because what you're expecting is really key on where you're going. Okay? How many of y'all want to set your wings like eagles and soar over this storm? How many of y'all want to be blessed and want to, and want to, and want to live out good days in the earth? How many of y'all, there are still days of heaven here for us on earth? See, it's, it's even more dramatic now because of the darkness. See, I believe with all my heart there's going to be such an extreme separation between the people of God and the people of the world. In this time, I'm talking about blessed. And you know what that word blessed means? It means goodness. It means happiness. It means joy. It means blessed in your physical body, in your relationships, in your finances. Salvation is preservation of every need that you have in this life. How many of the shepherd wants to take care of all your needs? And so, as we operate... As we stay plugged in and operate in this blessing, how many of you know there's going to be light in Goshen? And there may be darkness in the world. But here's the beauty of it. How many of you know they're invited into the light? See, under the old covenant, you know, we had, you know, this group was blessed, this group was not. How many of you know everyone's one step away from becoming a believer? Everyone's one step away from receiving Jesus. Amen? So, the, 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 the contrast between the light and the dark is so that they will come to us and receive the Lord. Can I get an amen? But I'm telling you, the darkness is just going to get darker and grosser and weirder. You ever feel like you're in a, weird, in a bad movie right now? Like, it's a bad movie out there right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, who wrote the script on this thing, you know? It really, amen, amen. And, yeah, and, 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 you know, and here's the thing. It's just going to get worse but not worse for the purpose of punishing people, worse for the purpose of letting people realize, do you want this as your master, or do you want this as your master? How many know God is a good master? How many know the devil is not a good master? Amen. And so, I, I just say all that to say this, these are very important times, and these are times to expect blessing, expect promotion, expect 
good things to happen. Amen? Uh, for you, but not just for you, so that goodness can flow through you. I mean, people need help right now. They need help, and, and, and we need to help them, you know? And, uh, and you can only give what you've received. So you, you, you get in that position, in that mode of receiving the goodness of God, so that the goodness of God can flow through you into other people's lives. Amen? Psalm 37, in verse 18, it says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be filled. See, this is God's promise to you. God's supply into your life is not dependent upon the world system. Okay? It's just not. It's not how things work. How I many you know, you know, when they were faced with need um, in terms of, uh, of, of feeding the 5,000, you know, and they just had, you know, you know, just a loaf and a few fish, how I many you know God was not stretched? How I many you know that heaven operates in infinity? Heaven's not finite. It's not finite in time. It's not finite in stuff. Heaven operates in a place of infinity. And so when earth touches heaven, infinity happens. And there's an infinite supply. Now, uh, for the purpose of God flowing through you into other people, taking care of you and taking care of those around you. Because how many know in, in times like this, we're going we're gonna to really find out what our root is. We're going to find out what we're trusting in. Amen? And that's not bad. That's good. Because, see, here's the thing. In these type of times, people wake up to what they really need. People wake, because, you know, when, you're, when what you're trusting in is being removed from you constantly, and then everything you trust in is removed, I mean, you know, a lot of times, that's where people get saved. That's where people experience salvation, amen? And so, um, and then in Job chapter, you don't have to turn there, but in Job chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, In famine, he shall redeem you from death. And so, over and over and over again, God, during times of famine and turmoil, God promotes and blesses His people. Amen? And, and let's turn to Genesis chapter 12, please. And I just want to, I want to, I want to take, a, take a stroll through this in Scripture, because I don't want your expectancy to be set on the same dial as the world. And I also don't want your expectancy <clears throat> to be set, to be based in fear-mongering Christianity. <clears throat> Don't allow that to happen either. <clears throat> and here's the thing. The people who are, who are you know, fear-mongering or passing on fear, I, I honestly don't think most of them are doing that out of a bad motive. I think they're genuine people. I just think they're genuinely deceived. See, the greatest deceivers are those that are deceived. You know, and, I'm not trying to, and I'm not speaking disparagingly towards them as individuals, but because you know, our battle is not against people or flesh and blood. But how many, our battle is against lies. Lies mess people up, and we don't want no lies, and so we want, we want to release truth, and so the individuals may be sincere in what they're doing. You know, I sincerely preached legalism for 14 years. I sincerely got up and told people they'd be cursed if they didn't give a certain percentage of money. I sincere, you know what I'm saying? Like, I sincerely got up and, and did all that stuff, and now I look back and I'm horrified at what I said. Like, I couldn't, man, I, if I, I wouldn't listen to a sermon I preached. For no amount of money, because I'd probably just sit there and cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all I was doing was walking in the light that I had. But when a greater light came, I left the old light. You know, and I, and, and I, and I recognized that um, 
you know, praise God. And so the war is not against individuals, ever. But the war is against the lies of the enemy. And the enemy has kept the church of Jesus Christ in bondage for way too long, man. There's a freedom that I believe is coming to the earth that is so attractive. We're not going to have to beg people to come to Jesus anymore. I do too, man. And it's going to be so fun, and it's going to be so different than what we've known in the past. It's, it's just going to look like a celebration and almost just like a party, man. I mean, just like an absolute good time. I mean, everybody wants to have fun and be happy. And here's the thing. The devil's not cornering the market on that. How I many know oh, God is the one who created happiness? God is the one who created joy. And for so long, the church has been stripped of joy, stripped of freedom. Stripped of all the things that we actually are. And it's been done through the sterilizing agent of the enemy's lies. But how many know truth is coming forth? And we're finding out that our God loves us. And our God loves the whole world. And our God took care of sin. And really, how many of the battle was won 2,000 years ago? The only thing that's remaining is lies that are wrapping people and making people feel like God's something that He's not. Hmm. And that's where we come in. That's where we do something about it. But And so, I'm telling you, these are challenging times, but these are really good times for you and your family. And God wants to bless you. And God wants so that you can be a light and, and you can reach out to other people. And, you know, we, we looked at uh, uh, Jeremiah 17 uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm not going to go there, but, but um, how many know that we're, we're a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water? And that we're going to bring forth our fruit in season. Amen? We're not going to be anxious in the year of drought. And we're not going to cease from yielding fruit. Can I get an amen? How about a, how about a season of, of, of unceasing fruitfulness? You know what I'm saying? Right now. Right now, while all hell's breaking loose on the earth, let's let the fruit rolling off your life be so rich and so abundant that people are going to have to ask, what is so different about you than me? And because we understand the goodness of God, we will never point them to ourselves. Okay? Him we preach. Point people to Jesus. Don't point people to your gift. Don't even point people to your church. Don't point people to your ministry. Point people to Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when the fruit comes and when people see it, always point to the Lord. Amen. Because here's the thing. How many know God has the same fruitfulness for them that He has for you? Can you get an amen? And it's free. You don't buy it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's from the Lord. But there's going to be a real separation and distinction in the times that we're living in. And, uh, and I, I believe there will be an element of geographicalness to it as well. Um, in areas that honor God and areas that don't honor God. And I hate to talk like that. I don't like to talk like that because... Um, I really don't at all, but, but I do think it will because, um, you know, not, once again, not for the purpose. How I many you know God's plan during all of this is not to condemn people? How I many you know God's heart's always to save? Always. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. But I don't know about you guys, but I had to wallow in darkness before I was ready for light. I did. Like, I had to come to the end of myself. I don't know that there'd been any other way that I could have been saved. Because I was so hard-headed and so stubborn and so convinced that, that I was right that I had to have every rug pulled out underneath from me to where the only option I had left was Jesus. Amen? And so this darkness that's hitting the planet, God's not the author of it, but God will use it to call people out of darkness into light. 
And I, and, I, and I believe there will be an element, once again, a geographical element to that. Um, but wherever you stand is blessed. Can I get an amen? Wherever you stand. Because once again, you know, your promised land is not a geographical location. How I many of oh, your promised land is a person? And you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. Amen? And so anyway, Genesis chapter 12, and, and we see Abraham. And, and I don't want to spend... You know, it's difficult. When I talk about Abraham, it's so hard for me not to just preach on the blessing of Abraham because I love the blessing of Abraham. But I'm going to really try not to do that, and I'm going to try to continue to move forward. But I want to say this. A part of your blessing and promotion during these times of famine is the blessing of Abraham. That's what Jesus gave you, okay? It's, it's your blessing. Can you get an amen? You don't earn this blessing. You don't send in three easy payments in 1999 to get this blessing. This thing is yours. It's so expensive, you can't buy it. It was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And now you're in Christ. And so this blessing right here is unaffected by what happens in the world. It's unaffected by famine. It's unaffected by fear. It's unaffected by trial. This blessing is dynamic. In fact, it's almost like it increases and gets stronger as all hell breaks loose. It's the truth, man. See, I, I, I want this. I want it. i got to have this. I want it. I want it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want this. I want this. Because, look, the world can't give you what God can give you. You know? All these, all these things that the world tries to promise us. How I many you know in a moment of time, a billion dollars can evaporate? In a moment of time. It's happening all the time. You know, and people that are really, really trusting in money, they're going to have a really challenging time. And, and, and people who, you know, and, and, and I mean, some minister of finance just committed suicide, I think, in um, Germany or, or somewhere, Russia or something like that. I don't know where. But, but because their money's being shaken and their money's their God. And so they're freaked out. And um, we have something more powerful than money. Can you get an amen? Man, it's so important. See, this Christianity in America has become more than just a Sunday morning punch card. What you believe right now is super important. Amen? What you believe right now is going to impact your life. Amen? And, 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 that does, and that's not an invitation into the labyrinth of the complexity on how to be blessed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> you are blessed. And the best thing you can do is just believe in Jesus and receive His love. Can you get an amen? Wow. Keep it simple. Yeah. <clears throat> because in times like this, there's something about human nature that wants to capitalize and make things complicated so they can get credit. This is not complicated. We make it too complicated. Jesus saves you for free because He loves you. Okay, And that salvation comes in every form for any trouble that you have. You have exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. And all the promises are yes and amen in Him. The reason that it's so stable is it's His obedience that delivered the promises to you. Golly, I wish I could just tattoo that on everybody's brain. <clears throat> the reason you're invited to the table is not because you earned your position. The reason you're invited to the table is Jesus earned your position. You can sit down and eat whatever you want, whenever you want it, because He's the one that did it for you. Amen. So don't let anybody try to condemn you out of what's yours. Don't let anybody judge you. 
you know, in a new moon or in a, in a, in a feast or, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't let it, don't tolerate critics of the divine nature. Like, just cut it off, man. You know why? Because you know why? Because they're attacking Jesus Christ. They're not attacking you, they're attacking Jesus. When someone looks at you and tries to condemn you based on whatever type of liberty that you're operating in, or whatever you got going on in your life, or where you go to church, or the color of your skin, or whatever, don't tolerate that crap. Condemn the condemners. Live free. Live justified. Let love flow out of you. Let the love that you receive flow out of you. Amen. That's important. Amen. But it's actually, but it doesn't, regardless of whether you're loving or not loving, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You gotta have that. If you're if you're if your righteousness is based on your conduct, the cross is a failure. Why do you say that, Jeremiah? Because I want to remove every opportunity for the enemy to remove you out of this place of rest. No devil can condemn you. Can I get an amen? No human being can condemn you. You know who can condemn you? You. And if you do, you'll be lying against the truth. But you, but you, I mean, you know, in a state of condemnation, your own heart can condemn you. Now, you'll still be the righteousness of God, but you won't be enjoying it. And your faith will shrivel. And you won't have the strength to set your wings when the storm comes. Because you'll be too busy trying to clean yourself up when the blood already cleansed you. There's nothing spiritual about trying to clean up what God has cleansed. Don't call common what God has cleansed. You're clean. <laughs> and I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I get mad at the devil, man. I get mad at the lies. And, uh, and, and there is an element of you're going to have to take a stand for this thing. You're going to have to get robust and even aggressive because the enemy's aggressive. And he, he's going he's to condemn you and accuse you. He's never going to stop. You don't arrive at a place where your windshield does not get a bug on it. Because you drive on earth, right? Well, you're not going to arrive to a place where condemnation no longer comes. <clears throat> because this is another thing the enemy tries to do to you. He tries to condemn you for feeling condemned. <laughs> what a punk, right? Look at you. There you are. You should be so much further along than where you are. You shouldn't be having these thoughts. You shouldn't be dealing with this condemnation. Yeah. See, you've moved so far backward. You're not where you should be. Listen, 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 listen. Praise God. There's no such thing as New Testament backsliding. It's not in the book. It's not in there. Okay? It's an Old Testament concept. See, you're not sliding anywhere. You're seated. Yes, sir. In heavenly places. Listen to me. Eternally. Eternally. So this concept of me being this too far this way or me being too far this way, it's garbage. Come on. See, and when you realize that, rather than going back into some type of debt system with God, well, God, I, I owe you prayer time. I owe God prayer time. I owe God reading His Word time. I owe God worship time. I owe God, I owe God. I'm just not where I need to be. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to. You know, my, my, my son's sonship is never on the chopping block. 
Like, there's nothing that's going to stop them from being my sons. When I, when, when, when I like what they do and when I don't like what they do. They're my kids. So your sonship, your daughtership, your identity, it's not on the chopping block. Okay? And you don't owe God anything. It is. If, you, if you're laboring from a place of debt, then you're not loving and you're not being loved. You're under a yoke that's too strong for you. Sit your butt down and be loved and chill out. You know what I'm saying? And get off the hamster wheel of performance and say, I'm right where I need to be. But, but, but you said this, but, but you did it. No, I'm right where I need to be. Where is that? I'm in Christ. I'm in Jesus. Amen? Don't you think, I mean, there's a, there's a place of safety inside of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, and the analogy is the same with the ark. Uh, when Moses delivered the eight through the ark. How many know within the, as long as you were in the ark, you were safe? How many know while they were in the ark, they probably fell down every once in a while? How many know while they were in the ark, I, I dare say there was some argument in the ark. I know how stressful going on a family trip is, let alone the destruction of the earth as we know it in a boat. You know what I'm saying? There had to be a little strife between Noah and his wife for a little bit. Did you shut that window? I told you God shut the window. You were supposed to shut the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. How many know they could fight, they could argue, but how many know all these things are happening inside of the place of safety? They're safe. They're safe. Why? Because they came in. And so <clears throat> Jesus, that, being that typology, you're in Christ. Amen? So you're right where you need to be. And, and, and the quicker you drop all that stupid debt mentality in, in our relationship with God, the quicker you awaken to just where you're at. See, under legalism, I was always taught, well, man, I missed my prayer time this morning. Man, I missed I miss my word time. I missed this, I missed that, I missed this, I missed that. And man, I had, I had such a, a huge debt to God that, listen to me, I, never, I didn't enjoy my relationship at all. I was just trying to catch up. I was trying to get out of the red relationally. That's not real relationship. Can I get an amen? Amen. The Lord loves you, and He loves to be with you, and He loves to be around you. And listen to me, you need Him. I need Him. I need, we need Him. He's our strength, man. We plug into Him. Amen? And, um, and so, no, nah, man, don't let anything condemn you. Don't let anything rob you of the peace that you have in Christ Jesus. You are in grace ground. Can I get an amen? And you're not, you're blessed, you're not cursed. It's not going to change. Amen? You're in Christ. And, um, and so, Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, it says, There was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. So here comes a famine. God calls him, God calls him to go to the other side, and now all hell is breaking loose in the earth. So severe um, that people are, are running to Egypt uh, for safety and for deliverance. And very intense time, very scary time, okay, for people. And, and, and here's the thing. God's voice and what God tells you to do, how many know God will tell you to do something and you set out on the trip and the sky is sunny and bright and it's a beautiful day? <laughs> because God's smart enough not to call you in the storm. 
He calls you in the sunny day. But how many you know as you go to the other side, the storm always comes? And this is in a macro sense and a micro sense. This is in the, major, the, the bigness of your calling and the smallness of your calling. And here's the thing. Everybody in here is called. Can I get an amen? But God knew the storm would come. God knew the famine would come. But how many you know God knew that the blessing that was upon Abraham's life was going to be greater than the famine? You're connected to something that created everything we see. What you're connected to is more powerful than what we see in the world. Can I get an amen? Let's not be scared. Amen? Let's, let's, let's put our shoulders back. Let's move forward. Let's be a place of safety for other people. Amen? And then, you know, he goes down into Egypt, and he gets there, and how I many you know God protects him? Even in the midst of his mistake and his disobedience, God uh, prevents uh, the king from Pharaoh from messing with his wife. And then in, in, and then in Genesis chapter 13, we see him leaving the place. And it says that, and, a, and then Abraham went from Egypt, he and his wife and all they had to the south. And Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. So how I many know he came out blessed in a time of famine? Famine did not determine the blessing. He was blessed. Now here's the thing. Blessing is more pronounced in times of famine. Because we, we take a step further, we see Isaac going through the same thing. Same blessing on Isaac's life. Let's look at it. Let's go down to uh, Genesis 26. So another huge famine hits. Major famine, right? And, and so, um, but how I many of that blessing is on Isaac? The blessing is not impacted by famine. Very important to understand that. The blessing is not impacted by famine. The blessing stays strong throughout. But then it says in Genesis 26 and verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. This is important. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flock, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants, so that the Philistines envied him. Do you see, if you're the only person reaping in a time of famine, you're going to stand out. And he wasn't just the only person reaping, he was reaping a hundredfold. And I just need you to do something for me. Take all that bad connotation you learned from prosperity teaching and please just throw it out of your head. Please. Because here's the thing, I know that we've, this is like, it's like going to a room where you've been abused. You know, we're in these scriptures. Oh gosh, this is where they took all my money. <laughs> but here's the thing. Is this in the book? That means that whether someone misused this or didn't misuse this, it's still truth. Can I get an amen? And how many know this is still your promise from God? And just because somebody put a price tag on it and robbed you of money as a result of it, don't let, don't let them rob you of revelation now. Amen? I'm speaking to myself too. Because even me reading these scriptures, I'm having a little flashback. I'm like, oh God. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, let's just point at the elephant in the room and call him out, you know? But here's the thing, man. It's, this is here. And so what I want to show you is, how I many you know in a time of famine, this guy was blessed? Amen. Amen. And how I many it caused him to stand out? Now listen, every element of you standing out is to give glory to God. You know, to be sanctified means to, be, to stand out, to be holy. It means to be separated. How many know you're uncommon? 
It's common to be afraid and to fail in the times that we're living in. But we're not like common people. We're uncommon. We're different. Why? Because your life is a finger pointed in the direction of heaven. Your whole life. Amen. That, that, and that's your blessing. And I mean, that also includes your conduct. Can I get an amen? How many know that, that the way we carry ourselves is very... I mean, we should carry ourselves in a manner that's going to glorify God. <clears throat> amen. Because people are watching your life. Amen. So <clears throat> the blessing is a part of the separation. But how many know your conduct is too? Oh, amen, so much weaker on that part. Amen. Praise God. Come on. Just pretend like you believe me. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. But, but seriously though, how many know you don't want to live angry? You don't want to live dominated by sin. You don't want to live fearful. How many know you're different? Amen. And everything that we are and everything that we do is a pointed finger towards heaven. Amen. Amen. So amen. It's just true. And so, and so we see famine was unaffected. It could not stop the blessing. And then we see famine in Joseph's time. How many know there's a tremendous famine that hit the entire world? Same scenario. But how many know in the time of turmoil, there was tremendous promotion? How many know Joseph, listen to me, was put in a position where he could help people? And he did. And what I want to show you is that in your realm of influence... In your family, God wants to put you in a position of supply where you can help people. Can I get an amen? See, listen, this is so important. It's not just about you. So important to understand that. Fear says me. Love says us. Amen? Don't let fear rob you of the supply of heaven flowing through you. Because fear will, it'll put a kink. Because if, if I am selfishly only focused on myself, why would God give me more than enough? Because if I'm fearfully just focused on myself, everything that comes to me, I'm going to eat it. Because I don't think there's going to be more. Hoarding. And, and what God wants is He wants love to dominate our hearts so that we become a supply. Amen. To help people. To love people. <clears throat> what does that supply look like? It looks like a relationship with God and you doing what God tells you to do. Amen. <clears throat> and so, Joseph put in a position of influence to help people. When? During times of famine. And then, we, 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 we track forward here and... and um, Let's turn to Exodus chapter 8. <clears throat> Once again, these are in the, when all the plagues hit Egypt, okay? All the crazy stuff going down 430 years later, uh, you know, after Abraham. And uh, all this stuff is happening. Crazy stuff is happening. You know, the earth, and in the day and age that we're living in, the earth is groaning and travailing. Like, there's just, I, don't know, I mean, there's just weird stuff happening all the time. You know, locusts and, and murder hornets. And, you know, and they, they just had like, I can't even remember how many hundreds of elephants just dropped dead um, in, uh, in some other country, and they don't know why. You know, and, and, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get up here and give you a bunch of stuff to make you feel like, oh, things are crazy. No, you already know they're crazy. But what I want to show you is, is the crazy that's out there is a setup so that people will come to Jesus. 
And that God's not the author of crazy. <clears throat> God is not a destroyer. God is a giver of life. But how many of you know the enemy always plays into God's hands? Always. Because everything works together for your good. Even the cross. The cross, which looked like the enemy's greatest triumph, ended up playing into the Lord's hands. Amen? And so all this darkness and all this craziness that's going on, the stage is set for people to come to Jesus and for you to be blessed and for you to overcome and for you to triumph and for you to flourish. Amen? And for you to not take credit for any of it but to point people to Jesus. Amen? But um, in, in Exodus... Um, during that period of time, and what I want to show you is the separation, the distinction, which I believe is going to happen in the times that we're living in. How many know there's a place called Goshen? And it was the place that Joseph created to bring the people of God. He didn't create it, but he invited the people of God to that place, right? And how many know in Goshen, the children of Israel stayed, and they flourished, and they were blessed. And listen, they got so blessed, the Egyptians got scared and said, we've got to put these people in slavery because they're being so productive. They're producing so much. They have so many kids and all this type of stuff, right? Well, when the plagues hit, how many know there was a difference between Goshen and Egypt? There was a distinction. There was a separation. Now, in that time, the distinction in the separation was to preserve the people of God. But how many know in the time that we're living in, yes, it's a, it's a place to preserve the people of God, but how many know it's a place for the Egyptians to come so that they can become people of God? Very important to understand that. The, the mode of things is different in the New Covenant and the Old. Uh, in the New, how many know anyone can become a child of God? Anyone can be saved. Anyone can receive Jesus. Amen? But it says in Exodus 8 and verse 22, it says, In that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people may dwell, that no, no harm, no flies, no darkness, all of these things. While all hell was breaking loose, Goshen became a safe place. And that word separate... It's the word separate in the Greek, uh, excuse me, in the Hebrew, 6395, pala. It means to separate, to set apart, to sever, to distinguish, to put a difference, to show marvelous, <clears throat> to make wonderful. And what I want to show you is there is a place for us in the times that we're living in, a place of radical and extreme blessing. Amen. Amen. So that we can help people, Okay. So that we can help people, so that we can love people, and during that time, there, you know, and I know we heard a lot about this stuff and back in the old days and all that, but there, 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 wealth transfer is a biblical thing. It's a biblical thing for things to be shaken up and things to change. How many know when the children of Israel left Egypt? How many know they plundered the Egyptians? They did. I'll read it to you, uh, Exodus chapter twelve and verse thirty-five. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, that they asked from the Egyptian articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them whatever they requested, thus they plundered the Egyptians. When the children of Israel left Egypt, they took the stuff with them. And they didn't take it by force, they took it by favor. See, there's a favor of God that is upon your life that will spoil this world's system. And bring supply into your life so that now that supply will be a part of the kingdom. How many know it would be great to bankrupt the porn industry? Wouldn't that be great? There, there, so, so many horrible things happen in the porn industry. Like awful things. You know, uh, just, yeah. Thank you. Child molestation, sex trafficking, destruction of people's value and their worth. And, and, I'm, and it is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. 
What if we took the money out of the porn industry and we brought it into the children of God so that we could facilitate it and use it to help people and to bless people? And see, in, in the porn industry, it's not just, you know, the, certainly the women are, are victims and certainly, um, you know, all, they're clearly the victims. But how many know who else is the victims are the people that are involved? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, marriages that have been destroyed by pornography, um, that's a part of the victimization of the whole thing. And so I just say all that to say this, when, you, when God's shaking everything up so that we can, we can begin to defund darkness and fund light so that good things can happen, amen? And that's what happened in this time. There, there was a spoiling of this world system and a bringing of abundance into the kingdom so that good things can happen. You know, what, whatever is backed financially has the loudest voice. You ever wonder how we all got to this place where everything's so weird and so crazy? Like you look around and it's like, like what happened? You know, but what happened was the wrong people have the money. Everybody's bought. Greed. Love of money is the root of all evil. And the wrong people have the power. Things are being shaken so that, so that, that, that earthly power can be brought into the right hands so that we can do good things with it. I mean, you know, money's not evil. Money's just money. But it's a tool. And if you, put, if you put money in a good person's hands, they'll do good things with it. You put money in an evil person's hands, they'll do evil things with it. And I believe there's a shaking that's happening uh, where there's going to be a, a, a financial change so that, so that influence and power can come into the hands of people uh, that can be trusted with it. Because, see, your faithfulness is not developed in abundance. Your faithfulness is developed in a little. And if you can be, tr- I know, if you can be trusted with a little, then you can be trusted with much. See, see you're, you, this concept of, you know, I'm going to be a generous person when I have abundance. No, 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 no. If, you, if, you, if you're stingy with, with little, you'll be stingy with much. Because fear is what dominates your heart and money is your God. And God, I believe, has been training people and testing people. And not testing in the sense of qualifying you, but testing in the sense of revealing what's in your heart. So that he can bring abundance into their lives and influence into their lives so that they can be a blessing. How I many know all the hell that Joseph went through was not just so he could go through hell, but it was so that his character could be developed? <clears throat> and so that when much was given, that he would use it for good and not for evil. And not even to exalt himself. I mean, you know, Joseph took care of the people that sold him into slavery. Come on, his brothers. Yeah, he did. He blessed them. He messed with them a little bit. Which is funny. He did. But at the end of the day, he blessed them. And he brought them into Goshen and he took care of them. So, the persecution that you have experienced from family and from people and from other Christians... It's not, from the pur- not for the purpose of destroying you, but it's for the purpose of tempering your steel. So that when you are brought into a position of prominence and influence, you will use it for good and not for evil. 
Don't allow the trials to cause you to be bitter. Allow the trials to be birthing grounds of compassion and love because you know what it's like to hurt. You know what it's like to be persecuted. You know what it's like to not have enough. And God wants to make a big heart inside of you so that He can flow through you. Amen? Man, it's just the truth. It's the truth. There are certain things that are not learned any other way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, geez, I wish we just had a wisdom download. You know? I I just do. Like, we could just, but it's not like that, you know? You know, like, and I hate to call you out, Ethan, but you're my son, so, you know. But, like, there's, Ethan's went through some things here recently, you know, that, like, we, as his parents, I wish I could have spared him what he went through. And, you know, we were talking about it and stuff. But what he came out of in that situation is gold. Like, he learned something deep in his heart that will never leave his life. How did it get there? Through pain. <laughs> through character testing and pain. But what he learned, he'll have that forever, you know. And no amount of me telling him about it, no amount of me trying to download it into him, no amount of me throwing scriptures at him and all that. No, he had a, he had a, a moment of trial where coals were turned into diamonds. Pressure. So I'm just saying, everything that you've been through and all the hell you've been through and all the stuff that you've been through, it's for the purpose of, of refining your character so that love can flow through you in, in supply of the material things in this earth. And not only the material things, but it's a part of it. Amen? There's a shaking that's happening. There's, there's things are changing. And, and I'm telling you right now, it's good. Set your wings, man. Set your wings and soar. And I may be saying this, and you may be thinking about all the mistakes you made. You know? You may think, well, Jeremiah, I failed my test. And I failed my test over and over and over. See, but see, here's the thing. You had a quiz. <laughs> Jesus took the test. He passed the test. We periodically fail quizzes. But it just reminds us of how much we need Jesus. Even your failures will serve you. Please understand that. Never for a moment think that you are disqualified for God's blessing. Let's go back. Let's get back over here. All the promises are yes and amen in Him. Can I get an Amen. I mean, the first hour worker got blessed first. Amen. So don't, don't lose sight of that. But there isn't, I mean, there is an element of development in our lives. Amen. Okay, cool. All right, final place. Let's turn to Isaiah 60. We're going to close right here. Um, this is a prophetic declaration of what's happening right now. Um, put your newspaper down and read this. Because this is what's happening. Just like when Jesus had the scroll, and he rolled it out, and he said, this day, this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. This is what's happening right now in Isaiah 60. It's happening right now in the earth. We are that generation that this thing is being poured out on. Isaiah 60, verse 1, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, look around, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. Like the level of delusion that I see in the earth is astonishing. Right is, right, right is wrong and wrong is right. Did he not tell us it was coming? You know, and like it's here. 
And you know, and I had about 14 years where I was in a church so much that I didn't even get to watch TV or movies or anything. So like, I, I wasn't able to really see how bad the earth was getting. Yeah. Like I had my head in the sand or whatever, and like I come out, and I'm like, dear God, what have y'all been doing out here? You know? <laughs> how many know the, the, the embracing of sin as right, yeah. and the embracing of wrong, uh, or as right as wrong, is a progressive thing? Like, it doesn't happen like this. It's snuck in through television and TV and snuck in through entertainment. It's a slow de-evolving of morality to where it becomes inverted. It's the absolute opposite of what's right. We have a large portion of the earth that is completely deceived right now. They're completely deceived. And those 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 that are not deceived are the minority. In terms of number. But how I many we got God? Yeah. And that's really kind of all that matters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the stage is set, man, for just a... Man, good things are coming. It's just going to be awesome. But it's going to be all Him. It's not going to be any person. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm so happy about that, man. We just don't need, we just don't need anybody glorified. You know what I'm saying? We just need Jesus to be glorified. <clears throat> Because you glorify a man and he will mess it up. <laughs> you glorify a woman and she will mess it up. I don't want people. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I want Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can handle this thing, you know. And man, it's, it's just going to be awesome. So, praise God, I'm excited. But anyway, gross darkness to people. It says, but the Lord will arise over you. And His glory will be seen upon you. You are the Goshen. You are the safe place. You are separated. You are different. But listen, don't flap your wings. I mean, don't flap your wings. Don't don't try to save yourself. Be like Eli. Go back and float. Let that be the picture. Just float. Let the Lord carry you. Can I get an amen? Don't let prophecy scare you. Don't let the news scare you. The Lord's got you. Amen? And it says, The Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. How many of you know that's salvation, folks? That's people getting saved. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. This is talking about kids coming back to Jesus. Family members coming back to Jesus. And you shall see and become radiant. It's going to be just a glory upon God's people. It's going to be a shine on God's people. Amen? Don't let condemnation steal your shine. Condemnation affects your countenance. When you think God is angry with you or against you, there's a veil that goes over that glory that's inside of you. Keep the veil rent. Keep it ripped, man. How do you do it? With the gospel. Fresh gospel, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sins and lawless deeds He will remember no more. I am blessed. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Speak. (laughs) The righteousness of faith speaks. Amen. Don't let the enemy... You can't fight a thought with a thought. you got to fight a thought with words. Speak out what God has said. Amen. All right. Um, It says, And you shall see and become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy. Oh my gosh. 
Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. This is talking about financial blessing. For the purpose of helping people. Not for the purpose of exalting you. Or buying a $16,000 dog. (laughs) Amen. I'm sorry. That's kind of like an inside joke. But not really. Um, Not anymore, anymore, right? (laughs) Yeah. Amen. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to keep moving. All right. Because the, uh, the, the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you, the multitudes of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian, those of Sheba shall come, they will bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. This is this wealth inversion. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you, rams of Neboeth, they shall assume the acceptance upon my altar, I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these who fly like a cloud, like doves to the roots? Uh... Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish shall come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God, to the Holy One of Israel, because He has glorified you. The sons of the foreigners shall build up your walls, and kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and the kingdoms which shall not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. (coughs) The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, the box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. And, And I believe when he's talking about this, he's talking about the individual, like you being the temple of God. I know in times past we thought this was just bigger, nicer churches, but I just don't think that's it. We, don't, I don't, we just don't need bigger, nicer churches. You know what I'm saying? We need an, uh, we need an awareness of your, of your own temple. And I'm, I mean, I'm all for, like, you know, doing cool stuff, but, like, like you know what I'm saying? All right, y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. If big, nice churches really got everybody saved, then the world would have already been saved. You know what I'm saying? It's not, that's not the issue. Anyway. All right. Um, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, I'll make the place of my feet glorious. Also, the sons who afflicted you shall come bowing to you. And all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Where have you have been forsaken and hated so that no one went to you? I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of the Gentiles and with the breasts of kings. You shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, I will bring bronze. I'm just talking about redemption. And instead of stones, iron, I will make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. See, only God can stop this anger and violence. It's beyond man's ability. It's supernatural. It's in the hands of the Lord. It's in the hands of the Lord. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation. That's talking about your personal protection. You have walls of salvation around you wherever you are. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Amen? You are protected. Amen? And your gates praise to God the glory of His people. So, it's, this is prophetically happening in the time that we're living in. It's not a time to be afraid. 
It's not a time to fear. It's not a time to feel in debt. It's not a time to allow fear to dominate us. Look, man, cast all that stuff off. Put your shoulders back. Put your attention on the Lord. Set your wings and fly. Amen? Be blessed. You know? And when, and, and when people see the blessing on your life, and, and, and blessing is a lot of different things. I'm talking about happiness, joy, relationships, health, finances, protection, all of these things. Point people to Jesus because there's going to be a lot of people in darkness that need help. Can I get an amen? Listen to me. The people in darkness don't need your con- to be condemned. It's huge. Oh, praise God. Don't, listen, look, look. <laughs> praise God. Here we go. Man, I'm, here we go. Don't allow a political affiliation to stop you from sharing the kingdom. I have my political beliefs and I, that I'm extremely passionate about. I will not preach that from this pulpit. I will not even preach it online. Because that is a lower realm than the kingdom of God. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And, I, and, I, and I'm, my family knows I'm passionate about these things. You don't ever hear me talk about them. You know why? Because my job is not to tell you to do that. My job is to, ha- to, to help you have your own relationship with God so that you can hear God and you can be led by the Spirit. But don't demonize a group of people that need Jesus. Come on, man. They're in darkness. They need help. Amen? People need help. And they don't need condemnation. They don't need a finger pointing in their face. They don't need judgment. Now listen, right's right and wrong is wrong. It's everywhere in that, in that realm. But how I many you know we're called to be peacemakers? We're called to help people. We're called to reach out the olive branch. We're called to say, come into the light. Don't, don't allow the anger of all that stuff to rob you of the effectiveness of the kingdom. How many know you can get mad politically and stay mad? You can just stay mad. And I have done it. And I have argued with people like an idiot. Praise God. I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. Got caught up in it every once in a while. My wife always calls me and says, Honey, don't do that. You're making political comments on Facebook. And I'm like, I am. I know I am. But they're so wrong and I'm so right. I need to show them the light, like rub their face in the light. <laughs> Has that ever worked? Has that ever worked? Even one time, in mo- vast majority of political debate on Facebook is not right and wrong. It's not trying to get someone to see your point. It's trying to prove you're right. And it's fleshly. It feels good, though. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a, in a real carnal, fleshly sense, like... That's right. I told them, man. I, I dropped, you know, I put my link in there. And there's my video. Watch my video. But they got a video too. But no, you watch my video because my video's right. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stay away from that, man. And let's just point people to Jesus. And rub their face in the light. That's funny. <laughs> True, man. Oh, Lord. Amen. So we're above that. We're higher than that. Amen. We're, we're of a, a greater kingdom. Amen? So, anyway, praise God. All right. Yes. Amen. All right. Amen. I'm just going to pray over us. Father, I just, we thank you and praise you that you help us to be the light, Lord, and to just, just help us, Lord, to, to allow this blessing to just flourish on our lives. Lord, I just, um, let's, let's all just lift our hands. Everyone here and that's watching, I just want to bless you. Father, we just... I just speak a blessing. 
Lord, I thank you that we are to prosper and to flourish in times of famine. And Lord, I thank you that we don't put our attention or our focus on anything but you. Lord, we are like the tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. We will bring forth our fruit. And it will be unaffected by what happens in this world. And I thank you. Let your light shine on us. Let your glory be revealed in us. And so that people will come to the brightness of our rising and we will point them to you. Everyone is invited to Goshen. Everyone is invited in Jesus. And Lord, let us be exactors of peace. Let us be officers of peace. Let us be peacemakers, Lord God. Let us not get swept up in the offended, angry currents of this world, but let us rise above it. We carry the olive branch, Lord God. We thank you for it. And Lord, we just we receive every good thing that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Yes. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, it was awesome. How many times have you ever heard of that in your life? No. Yeah. The eagle catching the shark. Yeah. And the eagle was soaring. It's awesome. The shark in its talons. Wow. And the shark couldn't do nothing. And it was a big shark. Yeah. I saw the picture. I thought it was Photoshop until, no, I, yeah, it was real, yeah. But the eagle was just soaring. It's awesome, man. Praise God. Good man. It's good. God gives us pictures like that. He does, man. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. So it's uh, time to give. And uh, those of you watching online and those of you that are here, we just want to say thank you uh, for giving into our ministry. Thank you for supporting us. Um, you know, I feel like there's like this, there's this place in the church where the church shouldn't be a place of demand for giving. It should be a place of gratitude. It should be a place of thanksgiving and, um, and, and not even, you know, just a presentation of need. It's a, it's a place of gratitude. Like, we're thankful and, uh, and we're just honored. And so those of you that partner with us and believe in what we're doing, we just say thank you. You know, we're living in a time where churches are closing. I got two friends, uh, Grace Ministries, that their church is shut down. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. And it's, it's, I hate that. You know, I hate to see that. And um, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're very different times. But um, we, we are doing, we're, we as a church, we're doing great, you know, and it's supernatural. And, uh, but, it, but the reason that it's happening is it's because of you guys that give. And I just want to say thank you for hearing God. Thank you for supporting us. And we appreciate, what, we appreciate you believing in what we do. So with that, if you need to give an envelope this morning, we got one. We'll get one to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I actually, I've already filled mine out. Dad? Yeah, buddy. What did you say? What did I just say? I said, if you need to give an envelope, lift your hand up. You're going to stick a cheese it in there? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> he loves Cheez-Its, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Amen. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Well, Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to give. We ask you to bless this offering, Lord, and we thank you that your supply just continues to flow, Lord, and uh, that we're all blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.